I call on the Jedi hidden across the galaxy. My name is Juro. I am the ruler of High Islan, located in the Outer Rim, and I am seeking to restore the Jedi Order. If you have received this message, then I invite you to the Aerial Temple of High Islan. There I will present you with one of the long-lost weapons of the Jedi, a lightsaber. Got a little excited, Bucketheads. I'm so happy to be back. It's Friday, though you're going to hear this on Monday. But the weekend is here. Things are going. Things are, are raging in, in my life right now. So we're going full speed. We're going full throttle. You know, because that's that's when you're in, the, when you're in the, tr the Death Star Trench, you go full throttle. You know, you just put it all in the engines, get in that trench run, make things happen, blow up Death Stars. That's what we're doing. Oh, yeah. All right, <laughs> let's do the show proper, though. Greetings, Bucketheads. Mevar Tigar. Welcome to the 97th lightsaber smithing episode of Mandovision. Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking out this small, independent Star Wars podcast. We love you. We need you. We thank you. The best way to reach out to us is via social media at Mando underscore Vision, Twitter, and Instagram. Please email the show. Long-form email. MandovisionTom at gmail.com. Be sure to like, subscribe, share the show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert. And if possible, or so inclined, sweet, 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 five-star reviews. The best way to help a show like us stand out, not get lost in the, in the, in the, in the seas of podcasts that, that exist. That there's a, it's a variable ocean of podcasts. And five-star reviews, they help us defy the algorithm and, and get, get a little attention on us. And we thank you very much for taking the time to do that. Well, 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 welcome in. We're here. We're still covering Star Wars Visions, uh, and we are to what is what is arguably the most popular, the most beloved episode of Star Wars Visions thus far. Uh, I believe it's it's uh, rated at what like a eight seven, out of as of this recording, uh, putting it above the duel for the highest rated episode on IMDb. Take that for what you will. You know, everything with these episodes is all about personal preference. So. I, I'm very curious what pe what other people's favorite episodes are in this series, and you know, share that with me. I'd love to know. I uh, and maybe by the end, I will I will tell you my favorites. And uh, this one we're going to talk about today is definitely high on the list. We are here for the fifth episode, the Ninth Jedi, and it is a uh, it's the longest episode of the series. It's come, comes in somewhere around 22 minutes, uh, and it's. I don't know. Again, I, I say, you, you hear me say a lot of things 
from episode to episode, particularly when it pertains to visions. Uh, but the the visual dynamics with this episode, you know, again, just top tier, top notch stuff. A really exciting, thrilling episode. Uh, I I love it. I think this is a great one. I think there's a, a, a fun little plot stuff in there, some little twists to kind of get you. And uh, we're, we're gonna talk about all that when we when we get to the show in gen general. We do have to talk about some a little bit of news that came out. You know, New York Comic Con is uh, as I record, it's raging right now in New York City. I talked to a few of my friends who are at the convention, who are who are there with tables and all kinds of good things going on, and. Uh, they said things are going well, things are going nicely, people are behaving themselves and being rad, and that's awesome to hear, because that means maybe maybe San Diego Comic-Con will come back, and I'll get to go to that in a year or two. We'll, we'll see how it all goes. They are doing that San Diego Comic-Con, um, sort of like the, the holiday special version of it, where it's going to be over Thanksgiving weekend, uh, which, not a great weekend for me to go and, and hang out uh, with comic books and Star Wars fans, because, uh, you know, kind of busy with family stuff, unfortunately. But yeah, people are gonna go. It's it's gonna be interesting to hear uh, some of the some of the reports and the feedback from from that holiday edition of San Diego Comic Con. But yeah, maybe maybe we're getting to the point in the world where we can all go back out again and go to conventions and shake hands with creators and and do all that fun stuff. That'd be a real delight. Uh, but at the beginning of the convention, I don't know if it if it coincided with the release or with with the start of New York Comic Con. Uh, but Delray, the publisher of the Star Wars novels and and many. Other Star Wars ephemera. Let us know there are more books coming, and we got a uh, a little peek at at what those new books are, and um, they're interesting. They're very very interesting. We have we have uh, Shadow of the Sith by Adam Christopher, which is coming out on June twenty eighth, twenty twenty two, and this is a book that I'm I'm very interested in. If you recall back to the last time we were talking about the Star Wars comics. We were talking about the Darth Vader comic and how that book is sort of doing a lot of uh, uh, retroactive continuity where it's like laying the groundwork for all this stuff that came about in Rise of Skywalker uh, to try and sort of make it all make sense, to sort of uh, uh, see, show us that there was a path, that this, was, this wasn't just something that was pulled out of uh, thin air, <laughs> which I... it. it I parse my words carefully. I'm not crazy about the Rise of Skywalker film, but it is Star Wars, and, and so it does have a place in my heart. Um, but yeah, the, the retroactive continuity going on in that comic book series, where, where you know Vader's learning about Exegol and and the the the, the, um, the uh, uh, I'm already blanking on the name, but the all the all the other stuff. We meet Ochi of Bastoon and and all these things that we see the the wayfinders excuse me that was the word i was thinking of trying to think of earlier the way to get to exegol and and all this stuff with the uh with the sith eternal all these things all the all the stuff that we saw in rise of skywalker they are going back to in the darth vader book laying all that foundation in the comics to 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 sort of like see palpatine did this all along it was palpatine all along as some might say if you're a marvel universe fan and this new book Shadows of the Sith is sort of the same thing. We are. Um, this is about what what sort of is alluded to by Lando Calrissian in Rise of Skywalker that he and Luke were on a hunt. They were chasing down the the whispers that that Palpatine was out there, and and they uh, are hunting for Ochi of Bastoon, who is the character who in the film is the one who is hunting for 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 Rey for the 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 you know Palpatine's offspring. And their child, 
that was Ochi, Ochi's last mission. And, you know, I think we know it doesn't go well for Ochi at the end. Because we see his uh, dead corpse <laughs> in the movie. Spoilers. Uh, but this is a book about, yeah, this is a book about Luke and Lando hunting for Ochi of Bastoon. And, and, and seeing if, if, the, if they can find any evidence of Palpatine's return. And, yeah, that's interesting. I, it's, it's sort of funny the amount of effort being, being spent to do like a lot of uh, retroactive continuity stuff um, on, on Star Wars' part. But I, I'm still intrigued by the novel. I'm, I'm sure uh, Adam Christopher will do a, a, a fine job with it. And, yeah, I mean, I'm intrigued. I, I'm not going to turn my nose to any of it. I want to read it. I want to see what they say. If it's no good, you would you know we will talk about it on the podcast in in, in a fair, even-handed manner because that's that's how we try to do things here. We try to stay positive, um, but we can talk about things critically. We're adults, I, I hope. <laughs> and uh, the other book we have is called Brotherhood, and this will be about Obi Wan and Anakin Skywalker and sort of the uh, way their relationship changes after Anakin is promoted to to Jedi Knight. So they go from that sort of student master, uh, and, and sort of a um, almost a parental relationship that they that they have initially as as master and student to one of, of, of being brothers to to sort of the forming of their brotherhood, and I I'm definitely interested in that. You know, when you've listened to episodes of this podcast where we're talking about stuff from Star Wars, the Clone Wars, in the animated series, um, you know, the one of the interesting pieces um, about their relationship in that show is because the Clone Wars, especially in these early seasons, uh, doesn't tell um, linear storytelling. Like, it jumps all over the place in the chronology. So at some points, depending on the episode, like, you you have an Anakin and Obi-Wan with a very different relationship. Um, you know, sort of, like, early on in this relationship, like, like we're talking about, like, Obi-Wan sort of coming to grips with the fact that Anakin is, is, you know, an equal now, and he can't just, you know, order him around. He's no longer the master of the situation. And, and Anakin growing into, um, a, a, from a student into a full-blown knight. Uh, so, so it's an interesting, interesting paradigm on the show to watch and see how that shakes out, especially as you're kind of jumping through Clone Wars chronology all over the place. Uh, this book sounds like it should be a lot of fun. I'm really interested in exploring the dynamics of the relationship, the sort of uh, a transition into 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 brothers, uh, and I I'm I'm excited and intrigued about that one, uh, in in particular. That's the one I'm looking forward to, the most. And that one's uh, written by Mike Chen, and it will be out May tenth, twenty twenty two. So that one's actually coming out first before Shadow of the Sith. But yeah, interesting stuff. Just new books to read coming out. I'm excited. I'm still I'm still catching up on my, on my back catalog of Star Wars novels. Uh, I may have told this story before, but when I was Going back to school and trying to finish my degree and, and doing all that good stuff. Uh, as an English major, it required me to read an inordinate amount of books uh, for my major. And uh, an inordinate amount of books every week. You know, like five to six books a week I was having to read. And uh, unfortunately, it, it pushed my Star Wars reading off for a couple of years. Uh, and I'm just getting back into all that good stuff. And i got a lot to catch up on. Uh, because I was, I was back in school for a very long time. It took a minute, that's for sure. But yeah, we're getting caught up now, and so that's been kind of fun, especially kind of seeing the way uh, things have shaken out in the Star Wars universe overall. So exciting, exciting, exciting stuff. But we are not here to talk about my book reading habits at the moment. We are here to talk about Star Wars Visions number 5, The Ninth Jedi. So let's go ahead and do that right now, so you know what you need to do, the most important part of the show. 
other than hitting play and downloading it, the most important part of the show, it's time. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. Interesting. So you can change the length on this one? Actually, I've tempered the kyber crystals on each lightsaber so it reflects the user's connection with the Force. Episode 5 of Star Wars Visions, The Ninth Jedi. We talked about it already. The longest episode of the series, and of course, the highest rated episode of the series as well. At, at a time of recording, averaging an 8.7 on the IMDb, if that matters to you at all. And uh, the, the plot for this week's episode, the daughter of a lightsaber smith is pursued by dark forces while on a dangerous mission. And that pretty much hits the nail on the head, doesn't it, don't you think? They, they pretty much got that one right off the bat, and uh, good for them. All right, The Ninth Jedi is, is uh, Production IG. That's the name of the studio that brought this to us. It is written and directed by the same person, Kenji Kamiyama. And I think it's pretty cool when you got the writer and director on this. Uh, supposedly, according to like the sort of lore around the episode, uh, it, the episode's based on two ideas for two separate stories, and they kind of merged it together. Uh, and that's one reason why it's a bit of a longer version, or a longer episode than on average. You took two ideas, put them together, Chocolate and peanut butter always makes it a better time. So I think that makes a ton of sense. Our cast for the episode, Kamiko Glenn is Kara. Lee, Lee, uh, Simu Lu, excuse me, is Zahima. Andrew Kish, uh, Kishino is Margrave Juro. Masi Oka is Ethan. Greg Chun is Rodin. And, you know, we, we go through a, a big, vast amount of characters. Eva Kaminsky is, is, is a Nizo. Patrick Setz as Homan. Michael Stingerglass as Hinji and the Jedi Hunter. Adam Seitz as Henbei. Kyle McCarley as uh, Torgoro. J.P. Karlick as the Boatman Droid. And Neil Kaplan is our narrator on this episode. Uh, and let's talk about that narration real quickly. Uh, I really enjoyed that aspect of this episode. I like that they kind of, you know, a lot of these, these specials, they kind of throw us in. And we are sort of, you know, asked to parse out what's going on. Uh, in this one, you know, there's there. I think there's so much going on that they wanted to kind of give us a feel for what world this is that we're looking at, like what we're seeing in this this uh, interpretation of Star Wars. And this episode, to me, is a wonderful blending of Star Wars and and samurai lore. You know, this this the, the samurai sword maker is a big part of of their history of their culture, and you infuse that idea with Star Wars with someone who makes lightsabers it's a really neat fun idea to explore i think i think the two things blend together really really nicely obviously the jedi and the samurai have have a ton in common uh jedi obviously very heavily inspired by the samurai the kota bushido all that stuff all that good stuff what i think's funny what I, what really makes me laugh a little bit you know i i like to throughout the series I, i've enjoyed reading uh user reviews of the individual episodes uh, particularly the, the negative reviews. They they uh, always provide a nice chuckle. And, you know, we talked about it before. One of, one of the common themes in, in these negative reviews is it's not Star Wars. It doesn't feel like Star Wars. Isn't Star Wars-y enough? You know, and in a lot of ways, this episode is the most Star Wars-y of them all, but also the most different of them all, too. It, it takes a lot of things that we're very familiar with, a lot of concepts that we're very, very familiar with, uh, and it, it completely upends them, and and lets us look at them in a different way. Like we all know that in the canon, in the in the in the lore, you know, Jedi's the the Padawans make their own lightsabers. They go, they get the crystal, 
they make their own lightsabers. There is no lightsaber smith. But what a fun idea to explore. What a fun idea to play with in this far-flung world that we we find ourselves in. There's also a little bit of a rumor that this episode takes place long after the events of Rise of Skywalker. I don't know about that. I can't verify that. I, there was not anything that led me to believe that was the case. Um, but it, 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 like I said, it doesn't really matter because it's just a fun story, a fun interpretation of Star Wars. And, and again, the blending of, of the, the Japanese culture is, is really strong in this one. And I love the idea of a lightsaber smith, of, of a person whose their entire job is to forge these lightsabers. They're, they have this relationship with the kyber crystals, and they're able to hone them and, and uh, uh, get, you know, I don't know, I was going to say manipulate, but that's not, not the word I want to use. I'm not a blacksmith, so I can't say these things correctly. But they forge these, these crystals. They do different things with them, and they get different things to happen with them. And, and again, we, we play the clip where Jiang is talking about how each Force user is going to be able to use that lightsaber differently, how the color is part of who they are as a Jedi. And it, it leads to a very interesting moment later in the show, and we will definitely be talking about that soon. Much like the episode before this one, um, The Village Bride, this episode has really great animation, really great colors. The world that it's creating really pops visually, and I think that's, again, another uh, kind of staple of, of some of my favorite uh, animes that I that I know. And again, I don't know a ton. Just a reminder, I do not know a ton about anime, and and I cannot, I couldn't tell you who these studios, what they're known for, um, other than this. That, and I kind of like it. I think that allows me to watch, go into this clean. I don't have a lot of, uh, of preconceived notions of who these people are and and what they've done before and how that might uh, impact or influence their their take on Star Wars. So I can just watch this as a fan and, and enjoy it as it is. And this episode, again, if I didn't say it earlier enough. I really like this episode. It's really, really great. We get a lot of fun stuff. You know, we go to uh, the the temple where uh, these Jedi have all been summoned. They've received a summon from from a uh, Mar- uh, Margrave Juro, excuse me, and he's called them there because there are all these Jedi now in the galaxy, um, and they're not even Jedi. They're more like Force users, right? Like it, it's it's a little vague. The world we create, like the Jedi Order, seems to be non-existent. Other than other than the the Sith who seem to be ruling, but now there's masterless Jedi. So are they really Jedi if there's no masters to teach them? I I'm a little unclear on the rules, but we meet Ethan. He is a a Jedi at the very least a Padawan, and he's come to the temple. He has received the summons uh, to come and and get lightsabers and bring back the Jedi Order, end the war that's tearing the galaxy apart. And you know again it's all very Star Warsy like, and it's it's. A, a fascinating interpretation of the Star Wars myth. Like, like I said, this is I like this episode because I think it does a really nice job of looking at Star Wars. Like, it changes things, but it also stays very true to Star Wars in so many ways. That, and I really, really enjoyed that aspect of it. Uh, but yeah, so we find these other Jedi that are there, and we start. Um, you know, I think you're if you're like me, you're counting how many Jedi are on the screen. You're like, ooh, who's gonna be this ninth Jedi? What's going on here? Because you're counting up all the people on the screen. You got seven. You're like, man, there's two more. Who are the two going to be? And and we sort of get to the mystery of, of what's going on here. You know, the Jedi have come to this site. They 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 want to receive these lightsabers. They want to know who this person is. Is he trustworthy? Is this a trap? Because the Jedi are being hunted. They're being killed once again. And and um, yeah, they want to know: is Jaru trustworthy, or is this a trick? At least that would be what it seems. 
is going on on the surface, at least for Ethan. Ethan is, is our very, very innocent young, young, young Padawan, young, young Jedi in training, if you will. Uh, we also get to see a very interesting form of mining, which is, uh, from the surface, plucking asteroids that are in orbit around the planet and smashing them down onto the surface. And that's how you get your kyber crystals. So another element of this episode, we talked about it uh, prior in, in earlier episodes of Visions, how there are certain themes that, that pop up throughout every episode of Visions. And whether that's intentional or not, I don't know. Uh, but kyber crystals are very a very big deal, a very uh, interesting facet of the, of the Star Wars mythology that the Japanese creators really really uh, focused on, really really latched onto the, the idea of the kyber crystals and, and, and lightsabers in particular. Uh, you know, I think because of the obvious connection to, to samurai culture. Uh, but yeah, the focusing on of, of kyber crystals is, is very interesting. I think that's very fascinating and very uh, unique to each story, the way they're kind of using the crystals. And again, it's not in every episode, but you're starting to see it more and more. Uh, I think we've got at least three episodes now with with Kyber Crystals playing a fairly, uh, a fairly a, a, an important role in the narrative, if you will. So, cool, really cool. Like, like I said, oh, I'm, I know I'm going back over myself a little bit here, but I just dig this episode so so much. The way it reinvents, reinterprets, but is still so true to Star Wars is just so spot on, so spot on. So we got what's going on up at the temple in orbit, and then we cut down to the planet where we meet Kara. It's Kara, right? I didn't, didn't mess that up. Yeah, it's Kara, and we meet her father, who is the the lightsaber smith, and he's making the new blades. And they they have these wonderfully beautiful intricate hilts. Uh, we see him again forging the kyber crystals. We played the clip uh, earlier in the segment uh, about how he's kind of Im- imbued into the kyber crystals this ability to. Uh, register like who the whose connection to the force can do what, and it enables the lightsabers to be different. You know the colors, the size, the shapes. The, well, the shapes. Not the shapes are still pretty the same. I mean, like the the length though, things like that, determined by the by the force user's connection to the force. And again, another interesting aspect, another interesting interpretation of the of the lore. And that, that's all we can ask from these visions episodes is is give us something interesting, like spin Star Wars in a, in such a way that. It's familiar yet different. I think I think that's the key element to so many of the episodes of Visions, and some of the best ones are the ones who have, um, at least to me, my favorite ones have been the ones that seem to go back into tying the samurai culture and and you know Jap- Japan's culture into Star Wars. Those are some, have been some of my favorite ones, and we'll talk about that more in another upcoming episode. Uh, I think in, again, you've watched Visions, you know where I'm going with that. But yeah, we cut down to the planet. We find out that someone's hunting. No, no, the, the, the dark forces do not want the Jedi to come back. So the lightsaber smith is in trouble. He gets taken away by these Jedi hunters who also want to take away the lightsabers uh, because, you know, apparently no one has got lightsabers anymore, which I think is a really interesting part of this universe, of this galaxy. And I'd love to know what happened. Like, where'd the lightsabers go? Who has all the lightsabers? I think that's a really neat, idea to play with that if, if they do a sequel to this episode it, whether it's in a novel or another animated uh, se- series next uh, maybe not a series but another episode in, in like a season two of visions I, I think there's so much fun stuff to to play with they, they've really built an interesting uh, their very own interesting Star Wars universe to 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 
tell fun stories in, and uh, I'm intrigued by some of the mysteries that exist in this one. You know, we assume the Jedi are dead. There's multiple Siths, and it's all fascinating. I want to know more. I wanted to ask you guys real quick, what did you think of the Jedi that we meet at the temple? You know, obviously Ethan is very, uh, we'll just call him a human, but what did you think of the other species that we got to see in the mix? You know, there's this uh, sort of this wonderful blend of familiar and new with a lot of them. You know, was one of them a Pantoran? Maybe. But uh, a lot of them were species that I couldn't place, and... Again, but just but just visually interesting at the very very least, and one of them I couldn't help, and he's the first one that that gets killed in the in the episode, um, and, so I, and I don't recall his name, but he looked like a he looked like a big robot guy, right? So much reminded me of of a comic book character uh, from Marvel from the Marvel UK series, uh, Death's Head. That was the character's name. If you if you Google Death's Head, it's a very similar look. To that, this Jedi, this you know, Jedi in finger quotes, spoilers. <laughs> um, so by all means, you know, Google it, see for yourselves. If let me know if I'm crazy, but his look definitely reminded me of Death's Head from from Marvel Comics back in the '80s, and I think they brought Death's Head back. If anyone is interested in that sort of thing, I, I do think he came back into play uh, in in recent years. We'll put it that way. And I'm a big Death's Head fan, so that was like, ooh. That guy looks like Death's Head. That's kind of fun. Let's also back up a little bit further here. Let's talk a little bit more about Kara. She is one of our... She's basically the central protagonist. I mean, we, we meet Ethan first, but I think we spend more uh, more important time with Kara, establishing her relationship with her father and, and sort of her connection to the Force. And it's interesting. It seems like in this interpretation of, of Star Wars that a lot of people... I have like an innate ability to connect with the with the force in some way. It's just like how strong is your connection to the force? And I again, I think that's a very interesting thing because it shows that many of these characters have to respect the force. All characters respect the force. We don't see that in Star Wars very often. You know, it's 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 sort of a strange concept to a lot of beings in the Star Wars galaxy. You know, there's sort of like this air of mystery about the the Jedi and the force, uh, particularly in in Luke's day, um, but even even with you know, the Republic, there's still sort of this aura of mystery around the Jedi and the Force, and no one seems to have a great grasp of it. And you can even see that in the High Republic novels that are out, the uh, the one by Charles Soule and, and um, the one by Kevin Scott. Uh, also the same thing, like, like a lot, the average Joe in the galaxy doesn't know a ton about the Jedi, the Force, or how any of that stuff works. Uh, I guess they just don't have like a, like a Wikipedia to look this stuff up with, or in Star Wars fans' case, a Wikipedia. And and as we all know, Wikipedia is a great resource for uh, finding out all the juicy details about anything you need to know about in Star Wars. So <laughs> it's always interesting. In this in this interpretation of Star Wars, though, it it seems to be a little bit different. Like and and I like that. I think that's a really fun fun thing to do. So Kara, when she's making her escape with the lightsabers, uh, we get to see her on her speeder. We get a nice little 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 speeder bike chase kind of setup, and we get to see her springing to action. You know, turning around using her connection to the Force, wielding a lightsaber, deflecting blaster bolts, batting them back at her at her pursuers, and then you get the nice scene on the on the on the frozen lake. So a lot of really great, quick, high tempo action stuff, uh, and, and we see this character's potential, her her potential to be a Jedi. So I think at this point, if we haven't figured it out by now, we know who the ninth Jedi is going to be. But also at this point is when we get we go back up to the temple and the the robot. That is there of that is um, 
uh, Margrave Yaro's sort of, uh, um, I don't know, servant droid who's, who's sort of telling these Jedi that, oh, yeah, don't worry, he'll be here any time now. Just relax. Uh, we find out there's, there's a little twist with that as well. But the Jedi are starting to get impatient. They, they have questions. They want to know more about Jaro. And one, he, this, the droid has a single lightsaber. And it, it's Ethan who is the one that takes it. And I think that's intentionally and by design so that we do not get to see what we see later on the episode. So, so Ethan t- tests it out. He fires it up. Blue lightsaber blade. The colors in the, of the lightsabers in, in this episode, I think, are, are really well done, really well used. And we'll talk about that a little bit more uh, as the episode kind of plays out. What happens next is, so Ethan has his lightsaber, and that sort of is, is putting the other Jedi, all right, this seems like legit. You know, we're going to stick around. Meanwhile, back on the planet, Kara has to get it to the temple. She has to deliver the lightsabers to, to, um, to Jaro. Jaro, excuse me. To Jaro. And... Uh, she has to get there on a ship, and she has to get a pilot droid to take her. I really enjoyed this pilot droid who's, like, on his break, and he's sitting there. Um, I'm, I'm assuming he's sipping, like, hot oil, uh, but it definitely looked like tea, which was even funnier to me. Uh, but I enjoy he's and he's very slow. He's very methodical. He sips his hot oil drink and uh, reluctantly has to uh, take her, transport her up to the temple, and we, we, she gets there. But it's a really funny sequence. I like that droid quite a bit. I, I, was, I was amused. So we get there. The, blade, the lightsabers are delivered. The Jedi take their lightsabers. And they activate them. And that is when we see the true colors of the Jedi. Because they're not Jedi. Their lightsabers glow red. Again, remember, their connection to the Force tells us who they are. They are Sith. They are Sith. And then... Springing into action. Uh, uh, Mar- Margrave Jaro climbs out of the droid that he was inhabiting. There, spying on the Jedi the entire time. He knew something was fishy was going on. He knew something was up. And then we spring into action. And we get a great lightsaber battle. And, you know, it's... The, between the reveal of the Sith with the red blades, uh, Jaro coming out of the droid, which, I, again, that, not a shocking twist in that, in that regard. I just thought it was a cool reveal. Really enjoyed the reveal, and then him springing into action, and we see that he's quite capable with the lightsaber as he as he cuts down one of these Sith right away, and then we spring into action with Jaru, Kara, and Ethan uh, engaging in lightsaber battles, and and uh, Jaru very quickly dispatches many of this of these Sith. Uh, Ethan gets into a battle with uh, many a Sith, and he needs help. He's the one who's very much a Padawan. He does not seem to have the strongest connection to the Force, which I think is very, very interesting, considering he was also the first character that we spent any time with in the episode. But we see Kara do battle, and interestingly enough, she's doing battle with this character named Rodan. It's big, which, by the way, Rodan I just thought was a funny name. I was like, that's a great name for a Jedi, but it's also the name of a kaiju. So I loved it even more. And, <laughs> and what was great about all of that is what happens during the, the, se- the battle sequence where Rodan is asking, like, who are you? And it's oof, what happens with his lightsaber blade is very, very interesting because, again, when he fires it up, he's got a red lightsaber implying that he's Sith. He's straddling the dark side of the Force. Uh, that that is, is what we are told as what is implied and I have no reason to doubt any of it, right? 
but during this battle and seeing uh, Kara's skill set and and seeing the way in which he's battling, he he, pa- he sort of pauses. He sort of wonders very openly about like who, who, who what's happening right here, what's going on, and I think that's supposed to allow us because we see his lightsaber blade change colors. What color does it go to? It goes to purple, my friends. It goes to purple, the color of Mace Windu, which I think uh, many of us will remember the fact that Mace Windu's lightsaber form, uh, which is a form seven, uh, is a, is a form that straddles the light and the dark, and that was given. I don't know if it's still considered canon, but that was given as the reason why his lightsaber blade was purple—a mixing of the blue of a Jedi and the red of a Sith—and. That's exactly what we got to witness with this as we see him kind of come back towards the light. So this Rodan character, uh, much in the vein of Mace Windu, can sort of walk the line between light and dark. Sometimes he may fall one way or the other, uh, but he can be pushed back. And that's exactly what happens uh, when Juro tells him, hey, hey, get it together, man. Be cool. <laughs> Not those exact words, but be cool. And And he does. And powers down the lightsaber, he asks for forgiveness. He was influenced by the darkness of the others. So, uh, again, interesting characters here. You know, Kara's an interesting character. Ethan's an interesting character. I, w- I want to know more about Juru. He seems to be on the side of right. He wants to restore the Jedi Order. He wants to bring them back. He wants to end the conflict in the galaxy. And, uh, by the way, his, he had a really cool look, too. Like, I liked his, uh, his outfit uh, as the ruler of High Islam. Uh, I, I thought he had some good uh, some good togs he was wearing, and just a, a very visually fascinating episode of the show. I, I love the the interplay with the colors of the lightsabers, the way they sort of are, are the colors are based on that Force user. I really dug a lot of that stuff. I thought it was a lot a lot of fun, and that would be something I'd love to see a, a more exploration of a very interesting slice of this new Star Wars galaxy in this episode. Uh, would you love more? I would love more. Maybe it's time to demand more. You know, we got we got the the the, the make solo two happen hashtag going on. Why not why not make the make make the tenth Jedi happen? <laughs> something along those lines. I'm sure we can think of something more clever. We'll have to workshop that a little bit. By all means, reach out. You know how to find me, and and we, yeah, we'll workshop that hashtag because I'd love to see more tales set in this this slice of Star Wars visions. Uh, I think there's some really interesting stuff going on here. A lot of really fascinating things happening. And it would be a fun a fun slice of the galaxy to go back and explore later on down the road. Especially if there is a season two of Visions. Or uh, perhaps even sort of like an expanded version of Visions. Like maybe maybe they pick you know, some of the fan favorite ones. Some of the ones that are the most well received. And, and give them like a mini-series. Or like a, a I don't know, a, like a feature-length animated movie or something along those lines. It, it'd be, be, this would be one of the ones that I would want to see. So that's really exciting and really cool, and I'd, I'd, I would definitely dig more of this one. The Ninth Jedi. Whew, ooh, it's, it's, it's so darn close to being my favorite. It's right up there. Like the, it, That and the duel are, are very neck and neck, and, and uh, much like Rodan, I can be swayed to either side of the fence at any given moment, but I do really like what's in this episode. I think it's a really, really strong one. It has a lot of great things in it, a lot of good things going for it. The animation's fantastic. The colors pop. And again, it's just dynamic. It's very, very dynamic storytelling. And I, I love it. It's a great one. It's a really, really good one. If you didn't dig this one as much as me, well, there it is. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. We can be different people. We can still respect each other. That's the bottom line. All right. 
And that's it. I think I got. I don't think I have anything else to say about this episode. Actually, one one more thing to to mention. One more cool little little nugget from this episode. I love the closing shot. We pull back to the temple as the ship's leaving, rocketing off to the, for the next adventure to go rescue Kara's father potentially. Uh, and we we the temple has like that ray of light coming out of it from from the light from the from the battle when the one Sith fell onto that giant crystal. The camera then flips. And we see that light shooting out from the temple, and we realize what we're looking at is the hilt of a lightsaber, which I thought was very, very cool. And, I mean, they didn't need to do the lightsaber effect. I, I feel like we got it. <laughs> like, that may, maybe was a touch heavy-handed, but I still really, really dug it. A really nice way to close out the episode and, and close out this little adventure that we were on with these characters. And, again, intrigued, want to know more, give me more, do that spin-off novel. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> Yes! The Ninth Jedi. Awesome episode. I hope you all dug it as much as I did. But we're going to get out of here now. We ran a little long. We were talking about the, the new, new books coming out. And uh, yeah, that's okay, though. Don't worry. So, hey, you know where to find me. My name is Tom. This is the Mando Vision Podcast. We are on social media. We are at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. If you do that Facebook thing, we do have a Facebook page, uh, but it's very similar to the Twitter and the Instagram. But still, give it a like. It makes me feel feel uh, warm and fuzzy inside when people do. So <laughs> I appreciate it very, very much. Uh, remember, like, subscribe, share the show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert. If possible, we're so inclined. We love the five-star reviews. They are so insanely, insanely helpful. And they mean the world to me that you take the time to write those. Because I do, I do read them. When they pop up and there's new ones... Trust me, I read them. I think I've read a couple of them on the show in the past. So yeah, keep it up. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. Thank you for being awesome. I just, it, it just, it still blows me away that that so many of you listen to this show, uh, engage with me on social media, and and uh, you know the Star Wars fandom is just awesome. Uh, we are in a very, uh, the people who listen to this podcast in particular are very very awesome. Everyone's been really really nice, and maybe one day we'll all get to meet in the real world. If it's not too scary for me. <laughs> I think we'll be fine. Don't worry, though. It's all good. Thank you. Let's get out of here. Um, like I said, you'll be hearing this on Monday. So I hope everyone had a great weekend. Hope everyone had a lot of fun. Maybe you watched some football. Maybe you watched some uh, baseball playoffs. Uh, or, or you just had an awesome time relaxing and being a rad human being. And, and uh, that's awesome and important, too. So do that. Be well. To <laughs> Bill and Ted, be excellent to each other out there, okay? We'll close it out on that note. All right. But uh, what else for y'all? Again, stay tuned. More Star Wars Visions episodes coming up. Uh, and we will get back to the Clone Wars very, very soon. Uh, but yeah, I did. I still want to finish reviewing these individually because I think they, you know, these these creators put in the work, and the least I can do is put in the work and review each episode individually and and uh, talk about each one's merits. And and yeah, that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna wrap that up, and, and, and no, it'd it be soon. It'd be soon. We're gonna be on episode six by Friday. And there's just three more. And maybe maybe look maybe that last week, maybe you get three in a week. Ooh. Did I just spoil something? It's called a tease, fellas. It's called a tease. You love it. Stay tuned. We'll be back. Thanks for listening once again. And remember, this podcast can only end one way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. You expect me to search the galaxy for the home of this creature and deliver it to a race of enemy sorcerers? This is the way.